Welcome to the Mortgage and Mindset in Minutes podcast, and I'm your host, Tiffany Rose, where you'll get a little on mortgage and a lot on mindset. Okay, so Ken, I am so excited that you're here because these are such hot topics that we're going to talk about in the arena of credit. So I'm just going to officially introduce you, if you don't mind. Is that okay? That would be perfect. Okay, you can add on anything I left off because you're super important and definitely in my sphere of influence in this community. And I just love um, that you agreed to do this. So everybody, we're with Ken Stray at Scorewell Inc. And he is the owner of this business since 2015. But he has many, many years of uh, experience in the credit counseling arena. And there's a lot of clients that I come across over the years that they have questions and they try to reinvent the wheel and pay down their credit cards and transfer balances and do all these things. And they don't want me to run credit until they try to mastermind it themselves. And what's a charge off? And there's all these kind of questions that uh, my clients ask me. So Ken has been in the business a long time. Super nice guy. Everybody loves you in the business. He's a trusted <laughs> partner in the credit uh, counseling and credit repair arena, which is why I wanted to bring him on, just have him, you know, tell us some some true facts about what's going on in the credit world. So I'm going to shoot some questions at you, Ken. Is that a good for you? I'm ready. Okay, I love it. So did you have anything you want to add about just your business and kind of uh, any information about Scorewell in general? Well, okay. So uh, like Tiffany mentioned, uh, I own Scorewell Inc. And our primary focus is to educate people on credit. Uh, I think basically what I like to say is the credit bureaus and the credit world is a business and they're motivated to offer you products that uh, generate revenue for them. Um, I'd like to be a trusted source for my mortgage partners to give their clients the personalized service to have honest factual information about credit, as well as to give them action plans to improve, which could be things that they could do or things that we could do. I love it. And uh, you just reminded me of another question I want to tack on there. So I might throw you a little curveball at the end, but I know you're, you're ready for it, right? <laughs> okay, cool. So one of the first things, you know, we kind of talked last week a little bit. And one of the uh, questions that comes up uh, most often is when I run their credit as a mortgage lender, and then they, you know, I say they have a 700 score, but then they say, well, Credit Karma says, you know, or one of these, my FICO or Wells Fargo FICO, they'll say, oh, but mine says 739. So why are you saying 700? So why is Credit Karma usually come in lower from what I see? Um, or some of my clients, you know, especially like, like I said, with the Wells Fargo FICO actually comes in higher. So why all the different variations? Well, yeah, that is a great question. And actually, that's probably the number one question I get asked. And first off, for a consumer to uh, look at their credit scores, I commend them. I think that's fantastic. But um, it's important to realize that all of these platforms that uh, we as consumers have access to, uh, they're called consumer uh, education type scores. They use a, a scoring model called Vantage. It's a good scoring model. Actually, it was created by the credit bureaus. Um, and it's very good, but it's a little bit light-handed as far as looking at past damage. Uh, so typically, uh, credit karma, uh, credit card type uh, scores, um, 
those will probably be maybe 30 points, maybe even higher uh, than an official report pulled by a, a mortgage lender or a bank because they use the, um, well, I'll use the word harsher, but uh, more accurate, detailed uh, formula that looks at the past seven years and really focuses on any negatives. And I did hear that uh, a while back, I was kind of doing some research for a different video I was doing with Krista Mayshore. And I heard that if you have a repossession and you go to apply at a car dealership, your score is going to come in lower, even if you paid your mortgage on time. But because you had that repossession, because the ingredients they put in that criteria they want is to make sure you pay your car on time. And with a mortgage lender, if you maybe paid your car on time, but you have a late payment, your score is going to be lower. Is that true? Or is that so true? Yeah, the different platforms are called scorecards. And um, when you when you go to purchase a vehicle, they use an auto lending, you know, report or scorecard. And it does look at everything, but it, it really puts a lot of weight on current past uh, autos. So if you've had successful auto transactions, you'll have a higher auto lending score. If you've had a negative or a repossession or a charge off, uh, your auto lending score will definitely be lower. Okay. All right. That's that's super helpful. And one of the questions I was going to ask you is, can you explain a charge off? Because I had a client uh, a couple of weeks ago that had a $15,000 charge off it was unfortunately an ex-girlfriend and he had signed for her at the time when they were together co-signed and the car got repossessed it was a fifteen thousand dollar charge off and he said oh well i don't owe that anymore and that was that wasn't my car that was my ex-girlfriend's and so i explained to him that yes you do, do still owe it in my lamest terms he ended up calling getting uh it for seventeen hundred dollars he got it completely removed they were going to give him monthly payments that would have totaled like after six months or eight months i think like three something thousand but he just paid it off in a day so we're kind of letting his credit heal but can you explain a charge off because people a lot of the time say well i don't owe it anymore so what does that mean so yeah so the sequence of events on a credit report is that you have a, a trade line in this case it's an auto loan if you are joint, uh, it is yours as well. So whatever happens with that loan, you are 100% responsible. Now, if you stop making payments, there could be a time, well, they'll start posting lates, 30, 60, 90. But typically after 90 days, the uh, auto financier may mark that as charged off or collection or something of that nature. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't owe them money. They're doing that for an internal purpose, maybe to write it off their books for tax reasons. But the Fair Credit, Fair Debt Collections Act says that you owe that debt and it's considered a recourse debt for four years. That means if you defaulted and they charged it off in 2020, the creditor has until 2024 to sue you. Um, they may or may not. Um, but the other statute is seven years, which means the credit bureaus will allow that to be on the report for seven years. So yeah, it is your debt 
and it is enforceable up to four years and it is reportable up to seven years. So once they charge it off, because this was a pretty old charge off. So would they still have to pay that money? Because you said, I think you said it falls off the credit report. Does that mean that it disappears and it's gone? Because I've seen charge offs from years ago. Yeah, well, uh, a charge off will stay on the report from for seven years from the the first delinquency. So if they were late on January of 2022, then that would come off the report in January or February of 2029. Okay. And, you know, some people say, well, I'll just wait because I refuse to pay it. And, you know, sometimes it's not 15,000, it's like 3,000. But yeah. the pain you're causing yourself and having to even just get rid of it, try to make payments on it. You know, if they're desperate enough, they've already charged it off. Would you agree that they're willing to just take small payments or whatever does to just get rid of it? Well, again, that's a great question. I would not advise making payments uh, because once you make a payment, even if it's a dollar, it restarts that statute of limitations and makes it a fresh debt. Um, Also, if you pay it, say it's a $3,000 and you negotiate to pay $2,000 or $1,000, um, that may be okay, but you have to understand that paying it will also re-age it. And even though it might show paid, settled, zero balance, it will still show that negative karma for seven years from that paid date. So the best way is if I think in what you said with this other client is they paid it and they were going to delete it off the report. That's called, I will pay you if you agree to delete it. That is pristine. That is perfect. Yes. And we got a, a letter saying is being removed and deleted. Like it almost like it didn't happen. So sometimes it'll settle for less than the full amount, but then the letter says that, but at least it says paid in full. I mean, a step in the right direction, but yes, the deletion is a really great word we like to see. Right. Exactly. That's golden. Oh, I love that. Okay. So thank you for your clarification on that. I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of feedbacks and side messages about that because that's a big one. So another big one is um, what are the, so tell me about the new rules impacting paid and non-paid medical collections. I have clients that aside from their Macy's and their um, target card that they forgot because that they applied for because they got 20% off and forgot to look at the bill. They're not used to having that, didn't set up online bill pay. That's a big one. But I see so many medical collections on my client's credit report, $12, 20 little copay, or or I guess it wouldn't be a copay if it's on there as a collection, but it's small amounts equal to what would be a copay. So yeah. um, I'm curious to hear what you have to say about all that. Yeah, that was pretty... Pretty breaking news, um, I guess, the beginning of the year. Um, so there's two phases of how the credit bureaus are handling medical collections. And this has been a real big problem because 70% of credit reports have medical collections. Oh, no wonder. I see them all the time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The government actually got involved through the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. And the way, you know, to sum it up, the way that the law is enacted and, and what is happening is Starting this year, 2022, actually July, which was last month, 
um, any paid medical collection with a zero balance will be de deleted off the report. So that's pretty important because even paid medical collections will impact the score. So that's really, really positive, and that's already happening right now. Uh, sometimes it gets a little glitch, and we can help with that. But uh, as of July 2022, paid medical collections will be deleted off the report. The better news is that starting in 2023 and by July of 2023, and this is huge, any medical collection under $500 will also be deleted. So, um, yeah, really, really uh, great news for... Wow, that is under 500 That's most of my yeah. derogatory. It is under $500. Like I said, it's really small amounts. So those are supposed to be deleted? Yes, removed from the report. Uh also, it originally started, you know, years ago, you know, you'd go to the doctor and they'd bill their insurance or there was a mix up. And, you know, 60 days later, you'd find a collection. Um, well, uh, I don't know, about three years ago, they said, OK, now a medical place cannot send a medical collection to the credit bureaus uh, until it's been six months old. Uh, but now with this thing that we're talking about uh, right now that's happening, a medical collection cannot appear until it's aged out for one year. So there's a three-part deal. Paid medical collections should be gone now. Medical collections under 500 should be removed by the middle of next year. And collections that would come on the report uh cannot come on for up to a uh, for a year now. Oh, that's so good to know. I mean, this is something that's going to come up. I yeah, run tons yeah. of credit, you know, every month and even every yeah. week for my clients. So um, which kind of brings me, thank you for that really, really good information that I didn't know about that. And I'm kind of in this credit, you know, lending industry and I didn't know about that. So thank you. So that kind of brings me to my next question is I have clients that are so freaked out about an inquiry. So yeah. what is the impact of an inquiry on credit? So you're hitting me with all the great questions. I love. <laughs> okay. So yeah, inquiries are kind of important and there's so much different uh, analysis of how they impact the scores. And it, it kind of really starts relating to how high your score is. I mean, if you have a 500 credit score, then an inquiry is going to impact you a certain way. If you have a 700, it's going to impact you a different way. But basically, in general terms, an inquiry will hit your credit report and it will be anywhere from a five to a 10 point loss for about 90 days. Uh, the inquiry typically stays on the report for two years and then the credit bureaus remove it. Um, if you apply for a credit card, that hit to your score is gonna happen right away. If you apply for a mortgage, um, then that inquiry is really not gonna hit your report for, for 45 days. 
Um, and will that I got to stop you right there because yeah. that obviously that's what I do is we, we pull the credit for, as a mortgage inquiry. So I hear it's one or two points or five points at the most. So you're saying five I, to ten? Yeah, I, I always say five to ten because there's a lot of variables. But yeah, I would say that you are accurate. It's probably around five. Um I would go with that. I feel comfortable with that. Okay. And I think there's, like you said, there is a lot of variables because if somebody has a 800 credit score and this is their only inquiry they've had in, you know, the last year or something, then, oh, well, you know, maybe I don't even see it going because we have to run credit sometimes multiple times or if they're shopping from place to place and it's not bringing down the score from what I've seen five, you know, 10, 20 points over time, you know, so But yeah. if they have a 680 score or if they have a 650 score and they've applied for a bunch of credit cards because they're hurting and then they go apply for a mortgage loan, it's going to all those variables kind of come together. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and two, it's not I don't usually talk about it, but um, <laughs> on a mortgage inquiry, the hit is not instantaneous because the credit bureaus know that you're trying to get a house. So they don't want you to have a mortgage broker pull a report and you're dinged and lose out. So the mortgage is the only inquiry that really doesn't impact your score for the first 45 days. So and that's kind of important, but most people don't think about that. But, you know, if you pulled it on August 1st, uh, if you were going to lose five points, it wouldn't be until September 15th. Okay. Okay. That's really good to know. Uh, and late payments. So those affect you for a year. If it is a credit card versus a mortgage increase, tell me about that. Late payments are the single most damaging. If you had a 700 credit score and you were late on a vehicle or a house or a credit card, you'll lose a minimum of 80 points. Uh, that's going to stay on your report for seven years. And for the first three years, it's going to kind of really hurt you. And then it starts, you know, declining as you have, you put more positive history behind it. Okay. And that's good. That's good to know also. And it's funny because I'm going to segue into like how people can actually, when they know to reach out to you and how you can serve them. Cause I know you do a lot of great things with the clients that I've sent to you, but um, I hear all the time, like tip, I'm trying to fix my credit. What do I need to do? And I look and there's a bunch of late payments. I'm like, pay your bills on time and then call call me in six months to a year. I mean, it's, there's no reinventing of the wheel that you need to do. A late payment is a late payment. So going into how you can help, if there's no way for them to pay those on time or they have too many credit cards and they can't do it, or they don't understand the snowball or the waterfall effect, you know, some of those chipping away at the smaller cards first, instead of paying equal amounts of minimum dues spread out over the credit cards. When do they know to go to you? Do they say like, I can't make these minimum dues. I need Ken. So tell me how people can use your services. So again, I want to be an extension to you as a top-notch loan officer. And when someone comes to you, they're trusting that you're going to give them good advice. And if they need help with credit, even if it's understanding their credit, uh, typically anyone you come in contact with, it's a great handoff to have them come to me. Now, what sets us apart from other companies 
even though we are revenue-based and that's important, but we're more people-based. And we offer a no-charge, no-pressure consultation to review their credit report, answer their questions, give them an action plan. Yes, do this, do that. Um, and basically help them feel comfortable to move forward to improve their credit. So at any time, because most of us really, really don't understand credit. I mean, we Google a lot of stuff. We have friends and family give us advice and maybe it's good advice, but um, to be handed over to someone like my team, myself, to have a, a very structured, positive non-threatening phone call, um, you can get a lot of information. Okay. I, I love that. And I'm going to make sure I attach, you know, in this link and uh, more information about when people know to reach out to you and, and how. And um, I know that you're such a trusted, like I said, trusted friend and, you know, person in this industry. And it's just so, so great to see. So uh, I appreciate everything. I appreciate you being with us today and uh, everybody, all this information will be right here. And uh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure and I really appreciate and uh, welcome the opportunity. Uh, Thanks Ken. Thanks everybody. Bye. Okay, Ken, so I wanted to add one more question here because we talked a little bit before about all this different great information, but one thing I wanted to address specifically on its own because this ticks off my clients so much. They think Guild sells their information or lenders are selling their information. If I run a client's credit, sometimes they will get like 20 calls from other mortgage lenders and somehow magically they know those other lenders that they had an inquiry on their credit to buy a house. So how is that legal? This is credit bureaus, TransUnion, Equifax, Experian. They're supposed to be protecting your information, your social security. There's LifeLock. There's all this. Are they yeah. selling their information to other lenders? Yeah. I mean, uh, like we discussed on a previous podcast, that the credit bureaus are a business, and they're interested in making money and gathering information. You know, you're constantly putting in your phone number, your emails, your identifiers, and they store all that. And unfortunately, it is legal for them to do that. Um, It's not really ethical. It's kind of been in the news uh, in the past few months. And I have a funny suspicion that the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau is going to get involved in this and stop it. But yes, when you apply for a mortgage, they sell it to other mortgage lenders, bits of your information. They're not sending your social security number or your private information, but they are allowed to pass off some contact information. It's probably the same reason why, you know, people that have credit card debt, they get these, um, you're pre-approved for a personal loan, all that, all that information is being sold, right? Exactly. I mean, even if you Google something uh, to search for something, we all know this, then on your Facebook page or whatever, you start seeing ads, targeted ads. It's targeted advertisements, Uh If they can feel that you're looking for a mortgage and the credit bureaus can sell that soft, warm lead, 
It's kind of crazy because I could say like, I want a great crib for my baby. And all of a sudden I get, I say it out loud. I don't even Google it. And it's like, somehow I get a great crib and advertisements on the sidebar of my, my uh, searches. It's wild. Yeah. It's terrible. Well, I don't, I know you can, you've been so consistent in your business. The marketing that you do is really by referral only. And that's the way that I roll. I don't need to buy leads. I don't need to buy things from the credit bureau. So that's why it's so foreign to me because I don't understand why. And, you know, be careful of people that call you because they had to buy your information because they're not good enough to track your business, to track their own business, to make sure they follow up with you, do good service, get referrals, you know, from people that they've done a great job for. I would be aware of that. And can I know the reason why I reached out to him? I've known him for a long time, but just a really great ethical person that sends out good content, you know, on LinkedIn and email campaign, not campaigns, but um, emails weekly, just giving us information about uh, knowledge, you know, about the credit industry and people come to you like that. You don't have to buy your leads, right? Oh, no, never. So I'm so glad you addressed that. And thank you. So for everybody out there that's watching and listening, I'm not selling information. Guild is not selling information. It's the credit bureaus that people are buying it. So the mortgage lender that calls you after I talk to you, I would say beware. So thanks, Ken. You're welcome. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you do, please share it with someone you feel could use it. And if you're interested in exploring possibilities, you can find me at trose at guildmortgage.net or text to 925-699-TIFF. Like, share, subscribe. And I would be honored if you connect with me on Facebook at Loans by Tiffany uh, and my YouTube channel for lots of information. And remember, every goal in life has to start with the right mindset. Thanks for listening.